Welcome to the Core Women Podcast, the place for women entrepreneurs, authors, and self-starters looking to build community and gain valuable insights through expert interviews with women at the top of their game. Join your host, podcaster, producer, expert coach, entrepreneur, and author, Dr. Summer Watson, as she aims to inspire and empower you through these candid conversations. Lean in and embrace the journey. It's time to start the show. Here's your host, Dr. Summer Watson. Today on the show, I would like to welcome Jean Tien, who is the creator of The Success Method, author, and podcast host. She is also a Newsweek Expert Forum member with over 20 years of experience. Jean knows what it's like to exchange dollars for hours, working her butt off in order to achieve the success that was expected of her. No matter how much she earned, she never felt like it was enough until she finally discovered the secret behind having it all. I have been looking forward to this interview and this conversation, Jean. I know there are going to be lots of nuggets dropped here. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here, Summer. Absolutely. Let's jump right into this. So before we get into the professional aspects of your background, Tell me, can you describe your journey in one word? Yeah. So the first word that popped into my mind is painful, but then I was like, wait, I don't want to scare anybody. So I'll say challenging. (laughs) (laughs) Then tell me more. Tell us more. We want to know. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) so, you know, I think that my story is your typical immigrant story up to a certain point in my life, right? The firstborn daughter of Asian immigrants moved to the U.S. when I was four and just pretty much did everything my parents expected me to do, including getting good grades, studying really hard, not getting into trouble, et cetera, et cetera. Followed their rules of success all the way up until around my 40s. And after graduating from law school, I went into corporate and I thought I was ready for corporate. I thought, you know, I knew what to do. I just had to work hard, keep my head down, you know, like everything we did in school, right? You just study hard and you get good grades and you do well. And what I now I'll say the word painfully learned (laughs) was that that's not really how it works. So I struggled a lot and it was very challenging. And, you know, eventually I did find my way and I did find my footing in corporate. And as I was going up the ladder, what I realized was that the challenges kept coming and they were just as painful, if not more so, because I felt so lost. And the reason I felt lost was I was doing all the right things. I was going where I was supposed to go, but yet I was still unfulfilled. I didn't know what it was that I was supposed to, what that, what, what it was that I was meant to do. All I knew was that it wasn't enough, whatever it was I was doing, it wasn't enough. And there was a point in my life when I was 40, where my career was fine. Everything was fine from the outside, but I was having like a little mini, I don't know if it was depression or breakdown or whatever it is, but I just knew that I couldn't continue to live the way that I was living for the rest of my life. I couldn't do this, uh, the typical nine to five for the rest of my life. I couldn't go to work and just experience it all for the rest of my life. And so that motivated me to go out and really look for answers to look for what I was missing. And that's when I started to invest in myself and my personal development and growth and you know, invested in coaches and programs, et cetera. 
And eventually I found a purpose. And that's kind of where we are today is me fulfilling or living my purpose. I love that. Thank you so much for taking us on some of that journey with you. Let's talk about, and you've touched on a few of the aspects of your personal journey, where you grew up, what influenced you, but what are the values that are in alignment with your professional journey today? Integrity is huge. Integrity and value. And so one of the biggest reasons I felt so empty in a, when I first started my journey is that after a while, after learning the process of what I'm supposed to do, I realized that I still wasn't able to add as much value as I knew I could be to the organization that I worked in. And that killed me from the inside because it killed me because I knew that there was so much more to give, but I felt like I didn't know how to give it, nor was I given an opportunity to do so. And the integrity part came in when I looked around and it just seemed like people who didn't care as much for the overall organization, who cared more about themselves than they did about the higher good, seemed to be able to move ahead at a faster rate than me. And so when you put these things together, it created a lot of questions because it went against everything that I was taught, you know, in school is that you work hard, you give yourself, you work towards the higher good or the highest good, and you'll, you'll get recognized, you'll get rewarded for it. That wasn't necessarily what was happening. And I want to say like, it's not as clean as it sounds because I want there was so much that I had to go through so much that I had to learn. And even the process of learning how to speak up for myself was a huge aspect of this journey as well. Right. And did I always do it correctly? Absolutely not. But it's almost like my intention was there, but it was getting kind of missed along the way. Yeah. There's something that you said there that really resonated with me is that, yes, integrity. We learn to put maybe that higher purpose in front of ourselves and look at that higher purpose and look at the importance of that company, that organization, and, and feel like, okay, this company is important, it comes before me. And yet you see all these people putting themselves before the company and then scaling. Yeah. How did you work through that and reconcile with that? Because I've seen that before too. And it felt that same thing mm -hmm. and thought, what am I doing wrong? What do I do what they do? But that doesn't align with who I am. Yeah. So do I stay with my own integrity and consistently put them before me, but yet watch them scale? So how did you work through that? Yeah, it's interesting I still work through it even today, right? Like even, it, and it doesn't exist just in corporate or at work. It exists pretty much everywhere that we're going through. Like even, you know, I see it in my kids' schools, right? Like the teachers who are supposed to work for the betterment of the students don't always do that. And so I think in that situation, it's, it's a constant learning process. But for me, and you know, in sticking with just the corporate environment, it is about continuing to move with, my own values. Mm -hmm. And to your point, I can't do something that doesn't feel like I'm just not one of those people that I can fake it. Right. I'm like the worst person for it, to be honest. <laughs> you know, and I love that you say that because there's that idiom, fake it till you make it. And I've always really kind of disliked that 
video mm-hmm. because I'm like, I don't want to fake it. I'm not faking it. Mm-mm. That's just not who I am. But I am going to make sure that you are important, mm-hmm. that I'm in alignment with my values. So I like what you're saying here is that maintain that alignment because mm-hmm. when you stop or you derail from your values, then you're really lost. I think that's when you really begin to depress. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think any one of us who start to stray from the path of our own values and our own priorities, you're absolutely right. You go into this questioning mode or you settle, right? Like there are people who settle and that's okay too. These are their decisions, their life choices. And for some, it's totally okay. But for those who feel like this isn't for me, there's a reason why you feel like this isn't for you. It's because you've strayed too far, I think, from probably what you were meant to be doing. Absolutely. Well, let's jump into the success method. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. But before we do, you posted something (laughs) this last week, which really resonated with me. And I read it in one of your posts on LinkedIn. It said, F the seven figure businesses, show me your seven figure impact. Yeah. This to me was a total mic drop. Tell me about the statement. Yeah. You know, it's so interesting. Um, I hadn't planned on posting that at all, but I've been holding back a lot because what I've been seeing, and I don't know if you've been seeing this too, Summer, is that, you know, in social media, you see so many coaches or so many service providers that are like, I just hit seven figures and I just helped my client get seven figures and I can help you do the same. It's like all the time the infomercial, right? It's like your standard infomercial these days. And in the beginning, I was like, Ooh, that's so exciting. How can I do that? And I think we've all fallen prey to that at some point or another, right? And you invest in the program and you realize that you're just another number to the person that's promoting this. And they may have started out with great intentions and great, you know, aspirate, whatever. But I think somewhere along the way, the money gets prioritized over their people, meaning their clients, their team. And it becomes this need for additional money that keeps driving them to make these promises that I don't know if they can necessarily deliver to each and every single person. And then what it does is it creates these experiences of people who have trusted these individuals, these service providers that have promised these results, right? And when they don't get it, it creates this gap, right? Where people start to question like, oh, are coaches real? Are coaches necessary? Is this real? Is it, it just puts such a negative light to the work that you and I do, right? And especially for us who have, who work with integrity, who work with value systems, right? And so, and it's, it, it creates a bigger hill to climb. At the end of the day, though, I think what we've become so obsessed with is money. What does a seven-figure business do? It's fine if it goes into the pocket. I absolutely have nothing against people who make seven figures. I want to make seven figures, right? right? Right. But when we start to prioritize money over people, this is where we have a problem. Because then the people, there's a larger impact that people don't even see. And people go around and they give up or they don't want to do this or they think that this is the way so they carry it forward. And then you just step on others in order to get ahead. So what I want to see, what makes more 
sense to me and what has more importance to me is a seven-figure impact. What does that mean? I don't know. That's for you to decide what it means. I don't define that for you. But what I would love for people to do is to take this pledge of let's not put money first, because quite frankly, the money will come. Like, is it going to come tomorrow? I don't know. But even if you follow these seven-figure coaches, I don't know if it's going to come for you tomorrow either, right? Right. But if we can make the pledge to make a seven-figure impact, can you imagine the good that it'll do in this world? How it would negate all of the negative experiences that all of these other people have had with these seven-figure businesses, right? Yeah. And I'm not sure, I'm not saying all seven-figure businesses are bad. I'm just saying that like, there's just this trend that needs to stop, right? Of prioritizing money over people. So let's think about, hey, if you've had seven figure businesses, you must have helped at least a thousand people. That's amazing. If 700 more people pledge to help a thousand people and those thousand people then take that pledge and help even more, imagine the good that will come. And if you have a thousand happy customers, that will lead to even more customers. Like the money's going to come, right? But Absolutely. then whereas if you focus on the money, it's short-term success. Yeah. And I think that when you take it from the ego and take it outside of that to somebody who wants to support community versus I want to just do this for myself, it makes a, such a bigger impact. Mm-hmm. And it's like throwing that pebble in the water and getting those concentric circles yeah. that just keep growing and growing and you help these folks and community. And I love what you said. I can't promise that you're going to make seven figures tomorrow, but you certainly are going to figure out your process mm-hmm. and it's going to look different than jeans. It's going to look different than summers, but you certainly are going to figure out your process. Let's talk about your success method. Yeah, I love that because it flows so nicely into it too. So the success method is based on this principle that there isn't a universal definition of success. I know we have all been taught to follow and believe in the one American dream, which is big house, picket fence, two cars, luxury, whatever, right? But that's not the case for everybody. And for those of us who don't believe in that, I want to say, number one, that it's okay. And that that doesn't mean that you won't have it. It just means that that's not what drives us. And so the seven-step method for success is really a way to get to what really drives us, to decondition and unlearn everything that we've been taught about what success is meant to be or supposed to be, and to help the individual get to where what success is meant to be for them. And so... You know, one of the first and most important steps of the process is sussing out, and that's what the S stands for, is sussing out their definition of success. And, you know, and as you're doing this process, it's to constantly question like, well, I want to make more money because that's really what everybody comes to like immediately, right? I want to make more money. I want to get promoted. Okay. But then why, right? Why do you want to make more money? What will that offer to you? What will that provide to you, right? And then what does the promotion do? What does it prove to you? Can you get that anywhere else outside of a promotion? And so that's why, you know, the process really helps the individual unlearn and decondition and then learn what their method is. And then even more importantly, 
how to sustain their energy so that they can continue to move forward following their own path, because it's so easy to get distracted. (laughs) There's so many great nuggets there. There's so much to learn here. I love that you mentioned conditioning. There's a difference between value Mm -hmm. and value. Mm -hmm. Understanding what that means, what that looks like for you, your method, your process, and then sustainability. These are all such important things. Ideating, putting something into practice, making it work for you, your process. So much here, so much great content. Thank you for sharing about your success method. And I want you to share a bit about your podcast, Being Unapologetically Authentic. Yeah, thank you so much for asking about it, Summer. So I have just completed season two. I'm in the process of starting to record for season three. And it really is a podcast that's trying to unlearn everything, especially success. So what I say is it's the podcast where we take a look and investigate the intersectionality between authenticity and success. And, you know, authenticity is a hot topic, hot word these days, but what does it really mean? Right. And we as listeners or as individuals have to figure out what does that mean for us? And where does that come in with success? Because I think there is this conditioning that happens that if we are authentic to ourselves, that we can't be successful. And there's no better place to reinforce that message other than incorporate. And I see it all the time, like all the time. And then, so like, how do we break it down? And so the first season was just kind of, I wanted to highlight and spotlight individuals and entrepreneurs who have become successful by following a different path. So I had, for example, one person who was a teacher and then ditched it and then became a travel agent. And now she's so successful at it. She just always ranking high, et cetera, because she's following what she loves. And there's so many stories like that. And, you know, my hope is that those stories will give others the courage to start pursuing and thinking about what is it that I love to do without worrying about, well, can I really live off of it? Right. Because the answer is you can, you just, we, you have to find a way. The second season was really driven by kind of the macro environment um, around us and where there was the anti-Asian sentiments and the crimes. And so I really wanted to highlight the voices of Asian American females because we so often have the same stories and we don't even realize it. And we go through the same issues. And I think all of us think that it's because of us as individuals, like there's something wrong with us, because I think as women, and you probably know better than me is that we tend to internalize and personalize the issues, right? Like, oh, there's something wrong with us rather than it's a reflection of kind of, you know, the society's viewpoints. And then for this season, I really wanted to focus on truth, right? Like the truth of what is happening out there. And there is no one truth. There's so many different variations of truth. But to start talking about the things that like maybe people are a little bit afraid to talk about for whatever reason, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, absolutely. And we just had a bit of a discussion before we jumped on and started recording about some of the things that can maybe block us from getting our voice out there or a message Mm -hmm. out there, or even a simple post, for instance. So yeah, absolutely. Everybody's truth is a little different. And I love how your seasons jumped from different subject matters, because I think that all that content, all of those voices will resonate in some way, whether it's a word or phrase or a quote, 
people can take that away mm -hmm. and apply that to themselves and say, I'm not the only one, or that has given me courage, or I'm so excited because I heard her say that or him say that. So absolutely. Thank you for sharing that wonderful podcast oh, with us. Thanks. I can't wait to it. Thank you. So as we come to the close of this interview, my last question is, if you were to leave the listeners with some words of wisdom, what would they be? Trust your instincts. I think that's the one thing that we have been so deconditioned to trust and that we get questioned on over and over again. Look at the people that are questioning your instincts or making you question your instincts because are they the ones benefiting from you not listening to them? So no matter what, trust your instincts because they're there to guide you. Absolutely. Thank you, Jean, for joining me on the Core Women podcast today. Thanks for having me. This is so much fun. Oh, absolutely. You can follow Jean Tien on LinkedIn and Facebook and at Jean FTN on Instagram and JeanTN.com and listen to her podcast, Being Unapologetically Authentic on most podcast platforms. Thank you for joining us on the Core Women Podcast with Dr. Summer Watson. We're so glad you're here and would love to connect more with you. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Core Women and on Twitter at Core Women One. For more about Core Women and Dr. Watson, visit corewomen.com. Want more support and resources for amazing women like you? Great! Join Dr. Watson and Jen Fontanilla at the Life, Love & Money Collective, a core women production that aids in understanding the key traits that might be getting in the way of living a life that you are absolutely passionate about. Connect with Summer and Jen and find out more at thelifeloveandmoney.com.